Um, we've been on the theme of prayer for a month and a half or so now, and I want to continue with that today with something that was on my heart for a while. I want to talk today about importunate prayer. Not important, but importunate prayer. Praying with importunity, praying with a persistence that breaks through. Uh, uh, an importunate prayer is the type of prayer where you, you don't stop because you didn't get the answer to your prayer. And I believe it's, it's super important. I want to give you an example of that with, uh, with my wife um, and, and what it looks like to pray through your feelings and through maybe some uh, negative emotions and from some down <clears throat> times. Anybody ever experienced one negative emotion? So there is a, a constant battle to get us to move. Um, Watchman Nee says the enemy's main objective is just to get us to move. So we've got ground to stand on in Christ Jesus. And in that place, in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of what? And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. But when we move out from the light of his countenance and we get on our own, I've said this before, it's like we get out in the cold and we feel death. And you know what I'm talking about? Like, it's not like I'm, I'm spiritually dead going to hell, but I definitely feel in my soul, I feel depleted and I feel drained and I feel hopeless and discouraged and I feel condemnation. Anybody know what I'm talking about there? And so when we get into that place, sometimes we feel like, A, we deserve to be in that place, um, and this is just a cycle that I've got to be in until the mood changes or until I get my fix with the substance or the entertainment or the purchase or the person, and then I'll get out. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Some of us have been deeper into getting our fixes, and now we're not so deep in it, but we still know what it's like to escape. I talked to a, a, a person this last week that needed a fix. I need drugs. I need to go get high on meth because I have to stop feeling like this. And I thought, well, that's me. My fix is just maybe YouTube when I need it. Or my fix is maybe just to go, you know, get, get something that I, that I think I need physically to make. I need food right now to make me feel better. His fix is just deeper, but it's still a fix. It's escaping from reality, right? And we don't have to live there because in his presence is fullness of joy. But it takes understanding to get to the other side of that to break through. And so Lizzie and I practice this all the time. So come up here, Lizzie. I, was, we, we, uh, I wasn't sure if Lizzie was going to be here today with our kids' situation, but she's here. And so I, I kept on seeing she and I kind of sharing what we do. And um, what we do is, um, is we, in our weakness, we just kind of share life together. So if, if you walked into our bedroom, you'd see uh, my chair is over here. So I'm sitting in the right chair. Her chair is right there. And uh, in between us is like a bunch of kids' toys and Kleenexes and like shoes and dirty laundry and stuff like that. She keeps a clean house. It's great. But, you know, we got six kids. So, so we're sitting there in the mix of it, you know, and I got kids outside screaming and somebody's hurt somebody. And so we're just kind of doing our thing, uh, living life with a bunch of kids. And so we don't have it all together. And so like I'll come home for lunch sometimes from work and I'm like, man, I've had a hard uh, day today. Why have you had a hard day? No real reason. Everything's actually going really smoothly. I've got great folks. Uh, the Lord's been, he's blessed us. I don't have a reason to be feeling funky. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I just feel discouraged. No reason I can point to. It's just there. And she says, how are you feeling today? And what'd she say the other day? 
Same thing. Same thing. What are you discouraged about? Don't have a real reason. Just feel underneath a blanket of despair and discouragement. You've got beautiful kids. You've got a safe place to live. We've got provision. You've got an unbelievable husband, right? So, I mean, what is there to be discouraged about? Nothing to be discouraged about. And I'm the same way. I got a wife. I got the, everything's good. I got nothing to be discouraged about. But here I am just feeling, ugh. And so we know because of practice and trial and error that we don't have to live this way. There is something on the other side of this. There's breakthrough in joy that maybe our circumstances don't even change at all, but there's breakthrough in joy. So what do we do? This is, this is kind of, I just want to role play here a little bit. What happened, this, this happened to us on, I can't remember. Was this Friday or something? Thursday. We do this a lot. This is normal for us. This is, this is my number one prayer partner, guys. My number one prayer partner. She's a co-heir of the grace of God, right? Alita's given. She, I've got to treat her with gentleness and compassion. I can't lord over her, right? I've got to receive what she has for me. And so I can't have problems with her in my heart. We got to be unified. We got to go get stuff from the throne together. I got to be unified in my marriage, right? I don't want my prayers hindered. So I come home. I'm like, I don't know what to do. And so I just, we start, Lord, I just, I, we thank you for your blessings over us. This is what we did. I thank you, God, that no weapon formed against me will stand, right? I'm just quoting scripture. I thank you, Lord, that you've given us each other and you've given us this little lunch break that we can seek your face. I thank you, God, that you've been so faithful to us this week. And we just declare that nothing is over the top of us right now. We are seated with you in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Everything is under Christ's feet. Therefore, everything is under my feet. And how am I starting to feel? Just different. And then Lizzie said what? What did you say? Thank you that you're a living God, that we are sojourners here, that this yes. is not our true home. Yes. Thank you that you have um, an inheritance for us, that you have paid for my peace right now. Yes. Thank you that you did not. Yes. Um, so I'm just agreeing with her. She's praying as, as I agree, my soul is being changed and filled here. Sorry, I interrupted you. That's no. awkward. And so then I'm, we're praying along and I hear the phrase, when I'm, I said, Lord, I confess. We started with thanksgiving. And so then we go into our confession, acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, whatever order you do that in, in prayer. So we start with thanksgiving. Then I start saying, Lord, I feel afraid right now. I feel nervous right now. She's saying the same thing. I feel anxious right now. We don't know what it is. And so the verse pops into my mind. When I am afraid, I will trust, trust in you. I'm like, where is that? I don't remember. So I go to concordance at the back. I look up Psalms 56. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise. In God, I trust and I am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? So you see what happened? The Spirit dropped a little verse into my mind. I don't know the Scripture as well as I ought, so I had to go look it up and find out where it was. You can use your phone and Google it. Because he dropped that in my mind, then I claimed that verse for myself, and I started to fight with a sword, and so I prayed it over us. And so I said, Lord, when we're afraid right now, so today we put our trust in you, God. God, your, we praise your word. In God whose word I praise, right now, Lord, I'm praising your word. I, I declare that your word is enough for me. I put my trust in you and therefore I thank you that I will not have to be afraid. Because it says, in God I trust and I will not be afraid. 
I'm claiming your word. What can mere mortals do to me? So we declare that no man, no woman, not even ourselves, we are not going to do anything to get us to move out of this place. We are steadfast in you. Let me tell you what, guys, I got on top of the winds and the waves at this point in the prayer. I got up over the top like Jesus did. They were not over me like they were over Peter when he doubted. I got up and I started walking on them. And Lizzie did too. What'd you say after this? I think I talked a lot during that time. That might've been it. But I just, we just prayed and we talked and we prayed and we talked. And I'm telling you, this took like what? How many minutes? 15. 15 minutes. It wasn't that long. We just claimed his promises. We started proclaiming what we need. We started making supplication. So we pray that you would move in this talk that, that I need to have. I had a difficult talk coming up that afternoon. I pray that you would move in this talk. I pray that you would provide for us. We got sick kids. I pray that you would heal them, God. I pray for unity in our marriage. We just made our supplication to him. And then the, and then the breakthrough happened, and literally what we were both asking for happened, but it was... The Lord, who was our portion, we got to receive him. Yes, those things were great, but all of a sudden, it was like, uh, I think for me, something that's kind of hard in those moments is how I'm feeling is a legitimate thing. And since I can be so black and white, it's like, well, that's, that's real. It's happening. I'm feeling this way, but the Lord's just been speaking to me that when we release that seen place, when I release how I feel and what I see, then I can receive from him the unseen place. And these things that we were saying, they can't ever change. The Lord's character doesn't ever change. What a sweet gift that we've been given. Not just we have a God who created us, but who he is, our eternity, what what we are, we, we just, we have this place in the unseen that cannot be moved. Mm. What a gift. Yeah. So just the help of releasing what is seen, clinging to, to the unseen yes. by yes. faith. Yes, so praise the Lord for a godly wife. Praise the Lord that I have a partner like that. Some of you don't have that. Some of you don't have a godly spouse that you can go and pray with. That's okay. You don't have to. You can do this by yourself. I could have done this without Lizzie. It was just that much sweeter and that much more helpful to have her. But I'm telling you guys, you can do this on your own too. If your spouse is not willing or able or desiring to sit down and do this with you, do this on your own. Start to get your lips moving and start to claim the promises in the scriptures. I went to Psalms 56 and all of a sudden my eyes fell over to Psalms 55 and I started praying that. As for me, I call to God and the Lord saves me. Evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in my distress and he hears my voice and he rescues me unharmed from the battle waged against me, even though many oppose me. So Lord, I think you're going to rescue me because you care about me. You're going to rescue me unharmed. And so you see what I'm doing? I'm just whoosh, whoosh, parry, thrust, jab, parry, thrust, jab. I'm just fighting. I'm just fighting. I'm just fighting. And all of a sudden I become a conqueror. I become more than a conqueror. And these things that have now been over my head are under my feet. And I who have been the tail now become the head. Not because I'm so special or strong, but because I've got the special strong one in me. Does this make sense? Is this helpful, guys? You're going to deal with it today, maybe. You're going to deal with it tomorrow morning, maybe multiple times this next week. This is how we do it. Your portion is peace. 
Your portion is victory in Christ Jesus. We do not have to bow down to the spirit of fear anymore. Isn't that good? We don't have to bow down to the spirit of fear anymore. It's coming and taunting us. It's coming and accusing us. We don't have to do it, guys. Don't do it. We have opportunity to be persistent in prayer. Okay, so that's what I want to talk about today. Snakes in the kids' bedroom. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like how I would respond to that. Yeah, so I mean, those of you who have kids uh, or grandkids, how do you respond if you're sitting in your chair at home and your kids are in the bedroom sleeping and you see poisonous snakes slide in there? What do you do? What do you do with that? It would be silly to think that you would stay still and not respond to that. You're going to, do every, you're going to go in there and eradicate the snakes from the room. And so these little fears that come in and these lies, this, this spirit of fear and deception that comes in, you're going to have to kick that out of your house. We talked about authoritative prayer multiple times. You've got to take your authority with the Scripture. It's the only way to do it. In Jesus' name is the only way we can take our authority. Amen? Amen. Okay. Importunate praying. Stay with me here. Just let me, let me deposit this for just a few minutes. Charles Spurgeon said this, whether we like it or not, asking is the rule of the kingdom. Whether we like it or not, asking is the rule of the kingdom. Jesus himself was not exempt from this because Psalms 2.8, God said, ask of me and I'll give the nations as your inheritance, the end of the earth, your possession. Jesus came as a man in flesh, as the God-man, asking for the nations to be made his inheritance. He was persistent in his asking. If Jesus had to do it, we have to do it. A-S-K, ask, seek, knock. It can't get any simpler than that. Jesus made it super clear for us. If you're going to get things in the kingdom, you've got to ask for them. We've said this before. If you don't have, it's because you don't ask. So it's the rule for us. As it is in heaven, let it be on earth. Hallowed be your name, right? That's our job is to be askers, askers, askers. And in the midst of that, we grow close to the heart of God. The Lord sets this up. And I want to, I want to talk about three different stories real quick that he sets up for us in, in, in understanding how to pray. So go to uh, Luke chapter 11 with me first. If you would, verse... Um, Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine is on a journey. He's come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one on the inside answers, don't bother me. The door's already locked. My children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of your friendship, Yet because of your shameless audacity or your importunity, the persistence in your asking, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, because I just said that, so now I say this. Hear me. Because I just explained what it might seem like in prayer, now listen to this, because you needed to hear the first part before you hear the second part. So I say to you, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. 
You couldn't get anything because of your relationship with that guy. Your friendship and the platform you have there wouldn't get you anything. What got you something was your persistence. You did not take no for an answer because you knew you needed it. Take a right to Luke chapter 18. Jesus told his disciples, verse 1, Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God or cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town. And she kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. This is set up as an impossibility from the beginning. An unjust judge who doesn't care and a widow who is weakness personified. She has no money. She has no sway in the community. She has no hope of gaining victory. Impossible situation. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because of this widow, because she keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come attack me. She got her victory solely on the basis of her importunity. That's all that she did to get victory. She had no other resource, and that's how she got victory. And the Lord says, listen, again, just like he said, and so I tell you in in the last parable, in the last story, now he says, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Take a left to our third story, back to Matthew 15. This is a Syrophoenician woman called the Canaanite woman here in this story. Mark 7 has the shorter version of this, but Matthew 15 is a little more fully teased out here. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. She had no right to call him this. She was not a son of the king. She was a Gentile. She was a dog, right? She had no right to call him this, but she did. She was audacious. Have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Pause for just a moment and put yourself in that woman's shoes. She came from the region of Tyre and Sidon. Can you imagine her sitting in her home? And, And imagine with me, I don't have scripture for this, but let's just say it was 10 years. 10 years of her daughter going into convulsions at different times during the night and hurting herself and hurting other members of her family. This woman is desperate enough that she goes to an opposite, she goes to a Jew when she's a Gentile and uses a phrase that only Jews were allowed to use. What was it like for her? Just use your holy imagination for one moment. Maybe her daughter was demon possessed by abuse that happened when she was a little girl. And so from the age of a little girl up to teenage, this girl was possessed and she was controlled and manipulated by demons and she was hurting herself. She's suffering terribly, maybe from seizures. We know another story where seizures, where demon possession was causing a boy to get cast into fire and water. But imagine with me this woman's story. 
She comes to him desperate. She's tried everything maybe to this point. Doctors, they've tried you know, chanting and other gods. They've tried calling on. They have no solution to their problem. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away for she keeps crying out after us. Jesus is not answering. She's then going to the disciples, crying out, help me, help me, help me. And he answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. It was not his time to go to the Gentiles yet. The woman came again, she came, and this time kneels before him. Lord, help me, she said. She was so desperate for her answer. And he replied, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. It's like, gosh, this is tough for this lady. She's having a rough time. She's doing everything she knows how to do, but she humbles herself. She humbles herself because she knows Gentiles were dogs. They were regarded as less than. They were not part of God's chosen people at that time. So for this dispensation, Jesus was, there was nothing wrong with what Jesus was doing here. Don't read this as Jesus is being hard-hearted. This woman presses through. She doesn't actually, she's not a chosen son of Israel, but she's pressing through and she says, yes, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Her humble heart allowed her to press through. And then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith and your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. At that moment, she was healed. You have these three stories. You have a friend at night that doesn't give up the bread. You have an unjust judge that's not giving the widow justice. And then you have this Canaanite woman with a demon-possessed daughter. And the principle in all of these is none of them would have received what they needed, what they were desperate for, had they given up on the first request or the second request. And so the principle here, I got, I got three things for you to think about. It's the principle of progression. I was praying about this last night and the Spirit was revealing, ask, seek, and knock is not, knock, is not three ways to ask the same thing. Ask, seek, and knock is a principle of advancement in your prayers. And what I mean by that, hopefully this, will, this helped me to think about it better, but imagine I wanted to find a guy in uh, Washington State and so I asked if someone could tell me where this guy was. I don't know where he's at, but I need to find out where he is. I didn't know it was Washington State, let's just say. And so I go up to Sean. I'm like, hey, I need to find this guy. And he says, he lives in Washington. So now that I've asked, I've received an answer. But then I go and I start to seek this guy out to find him in Washington State. I'm looking for his house right there. And as soon as I get there, I finally, after seeking for a while, find his house. So I've asked Sean, I've received the answer. I've sought his house out and I've found it. And then I go up to the front door of the house and knock on the door. And then he comes, opens to me. Think about it that way when you're praying. Sometimes we ask one time and we get a version of the answer, but we don't get it in fullness. Sometimes we'll even ask two times and we'll seek it out, but we stop after we think we've found the outside of the house, but there's more for us. There's depth there for us to go for. It's a progression. So the multiple is really important. What are you needing in your life right now? What are you looking for right now? What healing are you asking for the breakthrough? I tell you guys, it, it takes faith to do this. It takes faith to see someone you've prayed for that's sick and to keep on praying because you think 
you're stepping out into like the Indiana Jones like cavern, right? There's nothing, you're, you're stepping on nothingness, right? But this is what it's all about. This is living by faith. You have to trust that there's something on the other side. What are you looking for? The breakthrough, the miracle. You're, you're, you're asking and asking and asking. Secondly, you have to know what's on the other side. You gotta know God's will. You have to know that he actually wants good things for you. You have to be convinced that he's for you and not against you. You gotta know that he wants to prosper you and not to harm you. You gotta know that he wants your marriage to be unified. You gotta know that he wants to bless you financially because he does. It's not health and wealth, it's just the kingdom. That's what the kingdom does. You gotta know that he actually does wanna heal. God is in the business of healing. You gotta know that he wants your neighbor to be saved. It's not God's will that anyone perishes. You gotta be so utterly convinced, convinced of that that you can step out and go get the thing. You gotta go get the bread. You gotta go get the justice. You gotta go get the freedom from demon possession. Does this make sense? Man, I feel, I feel so... I feel free in this because the Lord is doing such a deep work in my heart to go get what it is that I want in prayer. I'm just going to press through regardless of how I've been acting or who I am and my own self-discipline, whatever it is, I'm going to press through and go get the thing that he has for me. Thirdly, we have to be desperate for our bread. We have to be desperate for our healing. We have to be desperate for our justice. Those things have to be ingrained deep in our heart. If we just think, oh, it'll happen if it's supposed to happen, we've missed the point of what Jesus said about praying. It won't happen if we don't go pray. It, you guys understand that? Like, the Lord has given the earth to the children of mankind. The heavens are the Lord's. But we won't see revival in this city unless we pray. We won't see healing unless we pray, press in for it. We won't see this church revived unless we press in for it. It won't happen. And then we'll die, and then another generation will come after us, and hopefully they'll pick up the torch and they'll be passionate. The children of, evil, uh, of Egypt were in slavery to evil for 400 years. They were in darkness. They were in chains, right? And then how did they get out of it? They cried out to the Lord, and the Lord heard their cries, and he sent who? A deliverer, Moses. Do you think the Lord was prepared two generations before that to send a deliverer? You better bet he was. I guarantee you he had a Moses lined up. Every generation he had a Moses lined up, ready to go, ready to go. Yes, he's sovereign. He knows the end from the beginning, but I promise you guys, he will not tarry if we cry out to him day and night. Will the Lord not bring about justice if we cry out day and night? And there's injustice everywhere, guys, everywhere. I was just reading about abortion yesterday. You know, it's the anniversary of Roe versus Wade again. Another anniversary. I can't, I can't remember what the exact uh, anniversary number is. 46 or something like that. But guys, it's a war. Like we're making some progress out there, but there is, there is a major battle. And we, we, it's a street fight. We get, we get one shot in, we take, some, we take a step forward and they, they one shot back. We have to take a step back and there's these laws passed and there's these despicable practices and some cities are passing like protection, heartbeat bills and things like that and they're closing down and other cities are just promoting it and they're like abortion on demand without regret and, we're, and we're, no personhood for those in the womb. And it's back and forth and back and forth. And I'm telling you, the only way this changes is if the church prays. The only way we see revival is if the church prays. It won't happen if we don't. So the onus is on us 
The onus is on us. The Lord's like, I'll move heaven and earth for you if you'll pray, but you have to pray with persistence. You have to go after it. You have to be stirred up about it. You gotta be desperate for the breakthrough. Do you want to see justice in your family? Do you want to see that family member or that neighbor set free from demon possession? Do you want to get breakthrough in finances? Do you want to have enough to share with those who are coming to you in need, but you're out? I haven't stewarded it well. I need help. Lord, I need you to give me bread right now. Are you desperate for it? And I promise you, he'll give it. There's an, inter- there's an intensity, there's an urgency, and there's a repetition that's needed. Not vain repetition where we fill the air with meaningless talk, but there's urgency, insistency, and repetition. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Let me give you a definition for importunate that I think might, might help you. I think I gave this to Dina. Importunate means overly persistent in request or demand to the point of being troublesome. A short version might be this, troublesomely urgent. Do you want green eggs and ham in a boat? Do you want them on a moat? Do you want green eggs here? Do you want green eggs there? Do you want green eggs anywhere? It's just that anywhere. I'm, I'm going to ask him all the time. I'm going to persist with my request until I get the breakthrough. Even though I'm not smart, I don't, I don't have enough self-discipline, I don't know the word enough, I'm not strong, nothing, the widow had nothing to go off of, but she did have dedication to her prayer. You can all do that, guys. You can all do that. Overly persistent in request or demand to the point of being troublesome. I love this because the Lord's not troubled by it. Why does the Lord do it this way? Is it because he's got his arms crossed and he's watching ESPN in heaven and he's like, stop bothering me with your request, kids. Get back in your room. Okay, fine. I'll answer. Why, is, why does he do it this way? Have you ever thought about that? It wasn't this way in the garden. I promise you. It wasn't this way in the garden. Man spoke in it. It, came, it was just there. It was right when he spoke, right? I promise you it was not this way. Why does the Lord make us press through to get our answers? Why does it seem like he's a friend to sleep at night? Why does it seem like he's an unjust judge? Why? I'll wait. It's important to think about this, guys. The reason why is because the Lord cares about something preeminently. And it's not the answer to your request. You know what he cares about more than you getting your request? Your faith and my faith. Because the righteous one will live by his faith. And the Lord knows that it's actually a requirement for us to grow in faith, for us to have to press through and press through and press through to get the thing that we want. He knows that we have to have that. It actually builds us up. Think about lifting weights, right? Like you don't lift weights three times and then you're done and you have strong muscles, right? You got to press through. You got to do it like three sets of 12, right? To get to that strength that you're looking for. And the Lord knows it takes some press through to get the breakthrough. It takes some persistence to do that. It's not because of the Lord. It's because of us. I promise you. Adoniram Judson was a missionary in Burma for 40 years. And he says this, God loves importunate prayer so much 
that he will not give us much blessing without it. I love that he said much blessing because you will get blessing if you pray, even just half-heartedly. If you just breathe a prayer, you'll still get blessing, guys. The Lord's not about like, you have to pray this much this afternoon or else I won't bless you. He is rich in mercy. And just a whisper from your lips, you're going to get some blessing. But you won't get much. You're not going to get much if you don't learn how to pray with persistence, troublesomely urgent. He loves prayer so much he won't give as much blessing without it. And the reason that he loves such prayer is that he loves us and knows that it is a necessary preparation for our receiving the richest blessings that he is waiting and longing to bestow. He wants to bestow so much on us that he is going to teach us to pray over and over again in faith so that our faith is built. So God says, you're going to live by faith. And Lizzie said this to me last night. She's like, yeah. And he says, you're going to receive by faith. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's right. Faith is the drive-through window that you pull up to and get the stuff out of. If the drive-through window is the size of a quarter, you can only get so many French fries through there, right? That's it. If the drive-through window is the size of like a box truck, you can get a lot of stuff through there. Faith is the, is the vehicle that you carry water back with from the ocean. It's the container. If y'all go to the ocean with a thimble, how much can you carry back? Whatever can be held in that thimble, no more. If you go to the ocean with a pitcher, come on, how much can you carry back? How much you can hold? What about a five-gallon bucket? However much you can hold. What if I brought one of our 3,000-gallon vac trucks from the shop down there? However much I can hold, right? You determine how much you're going to get by your faith. He's willing to give over and abundantly more than we ask or imagine according to his power at work within us. Meaning, according to the size that you're willing to receive, according to the size of that drive through window is how much you're going to get. According to the size of vehicle that you pull up to the ocean, that's how much water you're going to get. And so he knows that, that this, this importunate prayer stretches us. It opens the, the window there. It, 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 it enlarges the container for us to receive more. Isn't that so cool? Come on, that's pretty cool. Isn't that a cool revelation? The Lord wants to give you more, and so he's actually withholding the thing you're asking for so he can give you more. Who is this? Who is God? Who is a God like this? His ways are so much higher than our ways. This is totally off topic. But do you know that the earth is moving around the sun at thousands of miles an hour right now, right? We all know that, right? Swirling. We're just cruising right now. The solar system where, I'm sorry, the, the galaxy, the, the solar system we're in, the Milky Way, is moving at such a way that it's, it's traveling at like millions of miles an hour through space. We're headed towards a distant star. I don't, I don't know what it is. The galaxy, we're, it's all moving. We're moving at like 2.1 million miles an hour or something like that. We're literally on the ride of our lives right now. And the Lord is holding us together right here. Like, he's so far above us. Like, can you imagine, I saw a graph where how far we move in 100 years. 
through space. And it showed like this curly cue, this, this version of the earth moving like this. And a hundred year time span, you move like this far through space. And imagine space was like the size of Kansas or something like that. Space, the size of Kansas. And this is how far we move through in a hundred year span of time. We're suspended on nothing right now. Nothing matters except the knowledge of God. Let the one who boasts in this boast that he knows me. I'm telling you guys, when we get the ear of God, we touch the arm that touches the wheel of the universe. When we talk to God, we're talking to an infinite being. Prayer is not some small thing, guys. This is the thing. This is the thing. Getting God to move on our behalf, getting his ear is the thing. Man, that's, that's cool for us. I mean, what... what what a privilege we have to seek him in prayer. Faith is how we receive, receive. So when we pray in faith, and remember faith is confidence in what we hope for, the assurance of things unseen, Hebrews 11, right? When we pray in faith, we do things like this, Hebrews eleven thirty three. We conquer kingdoms. We administer justice. We gain what was promised, when we pray in faith, we shut the mouths of lions, just like the heroes of the faith before us did. We quench the fury of the flames. We escape the edge of the sword. When we pray in faith, our weakness actually becomes our strength, and we become powerful in battle, and we rout foreign armies. When we pray in faith, women receive back their dead, resurrected. I'll finish with this. In Genesis chapter 18, you don't have to flip there, but in Genesis chapter 18, the Lord came to Abraham. He said, should I withhold from Abraham what I'm going to do to Sodom and Gomorrah? And you guys remember the story. Abraham comes back and he's like, will not the judge of the, all the earth do what is right? If there are 50 people there, will you not save it? The Lord says, I will for 50. And you remember, he goes from 50 to 45 to 40 to 30 He's like, if I could just be so bold, I'll keep on asking to 20. He's like, one more time, to 10. And the Lord says, if there are 10 righteous people there, I will not destroy the city. Tell me the number of completion, everybody. What's the number of completion? He was so close. He was so close, guys. Seven is the number of completion. He was one away. If he would have asked one more time, the Lord would have spared Sodom just like he did Nineveh. There would have been revival there, a promise, a promise, because the Lord is not going to stand for the wickedness and the evil, but I promise it would have been one of the most glorious revival stories I've ever read if Abraham had prayed one more time. It's what he did with Nineveh. 1 Kings 18, so you have Genesis 18, Abraham, 1 Kings 18, Elijah. He's on the top of Mount Carmel. He had just won over the prophets of Baal, right? He got the idolatry out of the land. And the Lord said, if you're going to be idolatrous, I'll withhold the rain. So for three years and six months, it didn't rain. Now he got idolatry out of the land. Did it start raining? No, it did not. He did what he was supposed to do and it did not start raining. So in 1 Kings 18, Elijah goes to the top of Mount Carmel and he bends down with his head between his knees in the laboring position and he cries out and he cries out and he sends his servant up to see if there's a cloud over the sea. His servant says, no, 
the seventh time that his servant went up, he came back and said, there's a cloud as small as a man's hand appearing from the sea. Elijah stood up, said, okay, here it comes. The rain's coming. Ahab, you better get on back because the rain's coming. Ahab gets in his chariot and this heavy, heavy, heavy downpour of rain comes. Elijah outruns him. Such a cool story. When Elijah prayed seven times, the Lord sent rain, pure, refreshing rain on the drought-ridden land. When Abraham six time, prayed six times, the Lord sent rain too on Sodom. What kind of rain? Sulfur, fire. I'm telling you guys, don't give up. You might have prayed three times for something that you need to pray seven times for. You might be one prayer away. You might be on your sixth time. You might be one prayer away from getting your breakthrough. I'm not saying you only have to pray seven times. The Lord knows what it takes to be complete. You might have to pray a thousand times. Will you continue? Will you persist? James chapter five, you remember where it says, Elijah was a man of like nature, just like us. I went and looked this up and I'll leave you with this. Elijah prayed like us that it wouldn't rain and it didn't rain. And he prayed that it would and it did. Look how many times prayer is mentioned in there. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them one, pray. Is anyone among you sick? Let the elders of the church pray over them. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. Verse 16, therefore confess your sins, pray to each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah prayed earnestly when it did not rain. Again, he prayed and the sevens and the heavens opened up. Seven times it's mentioned there. I've never seen that before. It's so cool. It's like, that can't be the case. It is the case. The widow had no power, but she was persistent, importunate. She got what she was asking for. The man got the bread because he was persistent. The woman with the sick daughter was persistent. Will you guys be persistent? Will we pray together in faith, knowing the Lord wants to give it to us? Amen. Let's stand up, guys. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name for this day. I thank you, Father, for the word that gives light, Lord. I pray that, Lord, anything of the Spirit, let it remain here today. Anything of the flesh, let it fall away soon. But I'm asking, Father, for a release of confidence for everyone in this room to pray and to keep on asking so that we might receive God. I pray that what I said today would spark someone, even if it's one person in here, God, to go get what they know they have to have, what they're desperate for. I pray that you would raise the desperation, Lord, in many hearts today. In Jesus' name. Lizzie has something she wants to say, and we'll wrap up. Um, it's just on my heart, just that if you feel like there's something in you that's kind of stiff-arming, what uh, the Lord is saying, you know, just kind of like, ah, I don't know if that's really yes, true or um, I, I just feel like I have felt that way so much in the past. And by letting down our arm, we're actually allowing him to reveal himself. And for me, these things, I haven't gotten some of the things I'm still asking for, but some of them that he has answered, it's really just been so much bigger than I could even imagine because I'm asking for something small and he's like, no, I have something so much greater than you can even imagine. 
And so by us laying down our arms and, and really letting him come in, because we have hurts, we have wounds, and we've asked for things and we haven't gotten them, and so we get tired, um, then he can just reveal himself, and then he gets all the glory yes. for that. Amen. Lizzie and I will be up here. If you guys want us to partner with you in prayer, both this morning and then during the week, we will pray for you about the things you need breakthrough on. So we'll be up here to pray with you about that if you'd like. Other than that, bless you. Have a good day. Have a good week, guys. Love you.